Hi, this is Evan Marlowe, and you're listening to Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. It's a show by Chris and Neil with all great movies. They are the real deal. We watch them all so you don't have to. It's movies that don't suck and some that do. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, it's another episode of Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. My name's Neil. And I'm Chris. And guys, today we got us another special Panic Fest 2023 edition of Movies That Don't Suck and Some You Do. Now, if you don't know what Panic Film Fest is, guys, Panic Film Fest is the horror movie Panic Fest that goes on every year. Every year. Right in... Huh? Every year. I'm just emphasizing. Are you emphasizing? Yeah, or are you just trying to make... Are you trying to fit, make fun of my man parts not, again? Not at all. I'll, I'll okay. shut up. You go ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The Panic Film Fest, uh, which is in Kansas City at one of the greatest movie theaters of all time, uh, Armor Screamland. Um, now, Chris goes there. I don't get a chance to, and that be, that's okay because I can still watch it virtually at panicfilmfest.com. That's correct, guys. Go to panicfilmfest.com. You can get information and guidelines. Even if the film festival is over, there's still plenty of information, stuff on there, and even stuff for next year that they're already working on. Mm -hmm. So go to panicfilmfest.com. You'll get all the information to do. Now, today, um, we are going to be reviewing one of my favorite me and chris's favorite movie actually i think both of us one of our favorite movies yeah. in the top five at least from yeah. this year's panic film festival um and we just happened at the back end of this uh the movie oh sorry the movie is called abbott uh, abruptio abruptio thank you i hate that i say words wrong um and <laughs> by any means so at the end of this review uh, you will also get a wonderful interview with Evan Marlowe, who is actually the writer and director and creator of the crazy movie crazy. that is known as Abruptio. <laughs> Abruptio. And not only do I try not to say it now, you should hear how many times I try not to say it. Why I'm interviewing the guy who has <laughs> been spending the last eight years of his life creating this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, go ahead, Chris. So who's in this movie? Saw that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ah, sorry, I needed a beverage. I talked a lot there. Mm. Um, the people in this movie is first, you know him as Spike from one of the most popular shows of all time. He plays the main character less, James Marston. You honestly think I go to the end of the underworld and back to get my soul, and then, <sighs> Buffy, I can barely live with what I did. It haunts me. All of it. If you think that I would add to the body count now, you are crazy. So what, you just troll the promenade looking for drunk co-eds because you're hungry for a conversation? Oh, is that what this is? Right. What? You're jealous. Don't play games. Not now. Yeah, you saw me chatting up another bird. You give me the idea, somebody else. Touched a nerve, didn't it? Don't flatter yourself. It burns, huh? But you can't admit it, so you trump up some charge about me being back on the juice. Also playing in this movie, you know him as the one, the only, Shooter McGowan. <laughs> Christopher McDonald. That was quite a show you put on today, Gilmore. You were the talk of the tournament. Wow, thanks a lot. Yeah, well, you really crushed that ball off the tee, I'll tell you what. You know, you'd be something in one of those long drive contests. Yeah, you could probably make a very good living traveling around, hustling at driving ranges. Thanks, Phil. That's, 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 you know, I know what you're doing right now, mm. and I don't like it. So why don't you just shut your trap before I put my foot in it? Don't turn your back on me. Let's get one thing straight. This is Shooter's tour. I've worked hard my whole life, paid my dues, and now it's Shooter's turn. And Shooter's not about to let his reign at the top be spoiled by some freak sideshow clown. Did you just call me a freak? I was on this tour for one reason, money. But now I got a new reason, kicking your ass. Well, <laughs> I'd like to see you try. Let's do it. 
Now, when filming this movie back in 2015, 2016, they didn't know this next guy was going to be now one of the kings of horror. Uh, the one, the only, uh, a man that needs no introduction now, Mr. Jordan Peele. Not that bad. For me, it's all about perspective. It's what you make of it. Can I tell you something? All things considered, I'm actually kind of comfortable right now. Thank God for shock. I can be the kind of prisoner I want to be. Still alive. Thank you. Right? Mm -hmm. Just two injured buddies. Yes. You know, yes. Mm -hmm. Having a friendly convo while we're waiting to get tortured again. And, you know, there's a kind of a positive in having no options. Yes. Because, you know, we're not even going to try to escape because we know we'd fail. Yes. I'll tell you another thing. Don't miss the arm. Really? First of all, lefty. Okay? So this thing pretty much got in the way. <laughs> Keep it, buddy. And then one of the horror movie classic. I mean, this guy, if you don't know who he is, then you've never had a nightmare. <laughs> 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 then the great, the one, the only Mr. Robert England. My reign of terror was legendary. Dozens of children would fall by my blades. Then the parents of Springwood came for me. Taking justice into their own hands. When I was alive, I might have been a little naughty. But after they killed me, I became something much, much worse. The stuff nightmares are made of. Yeah, who else is in this one? Oh, yeah, dude. And, it, of course, one of my favorites, um, a man we had to say goodbye to just, uh, I think, in 2019 is when he passed yeah, yeah. away. Right I, before the, right. I remember it was right before we went yeah. in lockdown, yeah. Oh, uh, one of the saddest. But one of my favorite guys in all of, you know, like, if you even go back and yeah, watch yeah. some of this stuff in the yeah. 70s, dude. Yeah, he's like, crazy. Uh, he, I mean, he was in everything from Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, I mean, I, I can't even think of everything he was in. But yeah, Lee Career Renaissance is Captain Spaulding, right? Captain Spaulding is my favorite, and that's uh, Sid. Sid Haig. That's, I was going to say it, but I was about to sneeze. I don't know <laughs> why I was about to sneeze. Sid Haig. Um, so here he is. What's the matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we fucking funny? You best come up with an answer, because I'm going to come back here and check on you and your mama. If you ain't got a reason why you hate clowns, I'm going to kill your whole fucking family. All right, now get your fucking ass out the car. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Woo! But man, uh, Chris, tell everybody where they can find us. You can find us on onlymoviesdon'tsuck.net. We're w2mnet.com. W2mnet.com is where you can find podcasts on that podcast network. Tons of other cool stuff, like stuff on like sports, games, music, and movies. Like we, our podcast on there. Also, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/moviesdon'tsuckpodcast. On Twitter, at podcast. On Instagram, at podcast. Go to uh, you have patreon.com slash movies don't suck. Give us a little bit of money if you want. I'm not going to be mad if you don't. Also, um, go to the bonfire.com slash movies don't suck. You'll find uh, nice shirts with their logo on it. And uh, wherever you find podcasts on movies don't suck and something to do. But why? And if you have a small business, usually this would be the part where we would be more than happy to advertise your small business. But this is a Panic yeah. Fest exclusive. Yeah, yeah. So, therefore, this is all about Panic Fest, which is a small business. Yeah, yeah. Consider mm -hmm. that it's just a small festival in the lovely city of Kansas City. Yeah. Or yeah. also known as Kansas City. Found but city. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, found city. Um. But anyway, um, so by any means, uh, Panic Film Fest, I've already mentioned it earlier, literally panicfilmfest.com. I cannot, if you like horror and if you have, if you want to see something original, like things you haven't seen in the past, well, guess what? We have the perfect movie for you right now. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk to Brupio, directed and written by Evan Marlowe. You guys will hear him at the end of the episode. But, man, why don't you go ahead and... <laughs> Uh, we, we said he was in this, James Orange, Chris Christopher McDonald, 
Jordan Peele, Sid Haig, Robert England. Why don't you go ahead and read the story on for this one? Les Hackle is a guy down on his luck who wakes to find an explosive dice device. Yes, <laughs> dice. I'm going to start that one yeah, over. Yeah, Les Hackle is a guy down on his luck who wakes to find an explosive device has been implanted in his neck. He now must carry out heinous crimes in order to stay alive while trying to identify the mastermind manipulating the now twisted and strange world around him. Just so you guys know, this was filmed entirely using life-size puppets. Life-size puppets. We are not lying. There is no bull crap in this. And we're not talking like we're talking strings. No, no, no. We're talking like, life-size fucking like, puppets. Yeah. And they're life-like, yeah, we're talking too. like, and, and we're not talking happy murder time. We're not <laughs> talking, you know, if anything, it'd be more diverse of, like, Dark Crystal would be the best but kind of way to do it. Kind of, I it, guess. Yeah. It, it's humanized. Uh -huh. They're humanized puppets. They're not like... They don't look weird. I mean, they look weird, yeah. but I mean, they they have such human features to them, and so I use the term "uncanny valley." <laughs> yeah, it, it's like you can't stop staring at it. Yeah, like it is. Um, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you see your first boob. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you, you just can't just like stop staring. You're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for showing this to me right now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, I, I'm I'm appreciating what you're showing yeah, to yeah, me right yeah, now. Yeah. 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 Um, Thank you very. Oh, is that Water Boy? Yeah, yeah it's Water Boy. <laughs> I, I yeah. Vicky Valley, court show me oh, boobs. I like them too. Yeah. Show me your boobs. I like them too. Yeah. Alligator smack because I'm a baba. Anyway. <laughs> but uh, this movie. Uh, the guy, uh, this was worked uh, since 2016, I think is yeah, when started they started. Working, yeah, 20, 20, yeah, 2016. Yeah. Uh, so Obama was still they, president. <laughs> yeah, Obama was still president when this movie was started. Uh, voice recording was actually started in North Hollywood on May 23rd, 2015. Huh. Uh, the script was written in 2014. And um, they started shooting in 2016, and they did not finish production until 2022. That's eight years. Yeah, eight years he making a abruptio. And guys, this thing is fucked up in a good way. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I can sit here and explain to you everything that happens in this movie. And you won't get the idea. You won't and, have an idea. And you would still be like, you could still go watch. I could detail this movie to the point where I'm saying aliens that come out of uteruses that look like octopuses with human heads <laughs> out of things that look like something from the alien. And you'd just be like, what in the blue hell is he talking about? Then you see it and you're like, yeah, that's the best way to describe what, yeah. what I just saw. And just so you know, when you listen to the interview, Neil actually tries to explain to me the title. And uh, Evan said that you're the first one to ask him about the title of the movie. Well, because uh, when I'm looking these up at home, guys, I just want you to know, like, I try to deep dive yeah. a little bit more than what other people are. And yeah. to be honest, I watched his other interviews. So yeah. I watched them all. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I need to find a question. I know he hasn't got yet. Yeah. And I noticed nobody asked about the title of the movie. Yeah. So I went and looked it up, what the title of the movie meant. And I deep dived the definition of the word, which actually is about, um, it's oh. about, uh, what was the medical term is about an abortion. Oh, here it is. Separation of the placenta from the wall of the uterus, especially when it occurs prematurely during pregnancy. Yeah. Now that is literally what the name of this movie is. Now the movie and the basis of this movie as, as all that fucked up that it is, uh, the basis of this movie is literally the relationship of less being a 30 year old male, 35 year old male. No, well, well, I was, you know, not going completely specific. That, well, that's, okay. Anyway, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but literally, like I, it, it is a movie about a thirty-year-old male, thirty-five-year-old uh, male. Sorry, Chris. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's between is, thirty and thirty-five. I know because I just turned thirty-six, so I remember being thirty to thirty-five. Um, yeah, it's about. But it is. I, I was in the middle of explaining for the third time. Do you, can I? Can I? Do you want me to? 
Do you want me not to explain what I was Go for it, dude. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So the story is about Les, who's like a 35-year-old male, and how he needs to separate from his family life. Now, man. 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 Now, this movie just takes a turn, and when it, like, already, you got to understand, you're looking at full-size puppets. Yeah, life, like, like you know, as big as you, me. Puppets. Yes. And um, man, just just like it is, it is. It's just one of those movies that it's like I was trying to explain. It's kind of like when you see Scanner Darkly mm-hmm. for the first time, yeah. or when you see Dark Crystal for the yeah. first time. That because you're looking at something so different than what you're used to, so uncommon than what you're normally used to when looking at a theater. That it just, you're estranged by it. And, but the thing is, as soon as you get into it and you're like, oh, okay. And you get, you know, um, like the relationship between uh, Les and his parents, Les and uh, his best friend, um, Danny, um, him and his relationship between him and Sal, um, Chelsea, like the the way this movie just keeps going on, um, man. It's just fascinating, dude. Like it is, was, it's fascinating. It has a great story behind it. Yeah, and and like even if it's crazy, because it's crazy shit happens. To me, wild, um, crazy shit happens to this movie. It still has a rhythm that's really good. It's 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 just it's just there, you know. It, it's amazing. The dude, like it, like literally, um, I I cannot say better words than. If you guys listen to the podcast already, you know that I am one of those guys that I can catch up. I can catch so much foreshadowing. I can catch so many things. But that... also, but, but you, I think what Joe says is even if you know the ending, it doesn't take away from the movie at all. No, 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 it doesn't. But it just sometimes to me, it's just like, oh, I know where this is going. Now I want to see how they get there. You know, it's not like I'm dissing a movie because I've seen the same pattern over. I mean, books have the same thing where it's like, you know, rising, you know, know, to your climax and falling action to your conclusion. But I'm just really good at seeing this shit. And, man, I did not see half of the shit that (laughs) was coming forward in in, uh, Abrupt 2. Like, I... Huh? Abruptio. 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 I'm sorry. I literally listened to four different ways to say this word. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I was just abruptio, abruptio, abruptio. It's abruptio, folks. Abruptio. You'll know because the poster yeah. be on the mm-hmm. thing that I got you. you're looking at, that you're listening to, people. You got that? Yeah. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> um Chris, what was your favorite parts of the like? What it what, was was there anything about this movie that that put you off? I mean, like to be honest, we've been talking so good about it, we gotta give our down parts. Okay, so I watched it a second time yesterday, mm-hmm. and I liked it. I think a little bit more, personally. personally, personally oh my gosh! <laughs> I know. I'll get to the parts that me I didn't like, but uh, but no, man, like. He was telling a story that one like I've never seen before. Um, I guess the only parts I had like, like, and I don't want to talk. I don't want to have too much mess because it was it was really fucking good. It's just I I could I I I don't think I could recommend this to my family, you know, in a way that like I feel like for you and I it's about people that I think it's for people who love movies like you and I do. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is one of those movies that if you try to say to someone else, hey, bro, uh, you should check this movie out, um, you, you got to have a friend that's going to like it. Because <laughs> if I if I said, hey, mom, check this movie out, <laughs> my mom would be like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, you gotta yeah. understand, my mom thinks, like, cartoons were too much back then when I was, like, growing <laughs> up, like, you know, I'd be watching like you know Thundercats, and she'd be like, "The hell is that? I don't get this. I don't get what that's going on." You know, 
which is a very easy concept to us these days. <laughs> um, now, Chris, I don't know if they even have, do they have a rating for this no, on Rotten Tomatoes at I don't, all? I don't think this has Rotten Tomatoes rating because it's just not getting to festivals. And I really hope people get a chance to see yeah. this. Like, if it, if it comes to a festival near right, you. So, well, I'm actually checking. But. Let's see here. I, I'm checking right now for you. Um, okay, there's an IB, IMBD rating. You can go up to that, I guess. There are four views on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, is there? Okay, yeah. cool. Maybe uh, we can go with that. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll well, go first, through. let's get some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First, let's get some quotes that why you review that information. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that part. Right. So here's your quotes that I've written down from probably one of the strangest fucking movies I've ever seen in my entire existence <laughs> on the planet Earth. Oh, I saw the cutest Dalmatian puppy. You would have hated it, though. I hate people that do that. I hate it when people are like, you know, I hate that. <laughs> when you fall down, the voices laugh at you. <laughs> you live with your fam fam who wants to stay the night there. I had to put in a revolving door for all my bitches. Can you feel the scar? Oh, Jeepers Creepers. What kind of bone does a dog never eat? A trombone. <laughs> I love the small little jokes like that, the little dad jokes they put in there. Right. Your problem is you see the world through shit-colored glasses. <laughs> Mr. Lion, you're my best friend. I want to be with you every day. Uh, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't work? What's that? A stick. <laughs> Can I get you a water, tea, vodka? Oh, I had to try. Am I a real lawyer, you son of a bitch? <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that character. <laughs> Are you going to stand there like a bitch or give me a hand? Reach for the sky. Yeah, yeah. I pick up on those little one way. You know what that's from. Right? Yeah. There's a snake in my boots. Yeah, a snake in my boots. Yeah. You're my favorite deputy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Sorry, friend. Just following orders. Uh, I can't protect myself out there. Everyone lost their goddamn minds. I can't believe people have, can just turn into monsters overnight. Oh, my God. I wrote down a lot. I didn't even realize how many I wrote. Oh, my God. How many more pages do I have? Um, you can end at any point. There's lots of, lots of stuff people need to discover in this movie. Uh, they kept burning after they died. The sounds of them screaming and the smell were horrific. That was a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> do you see it? No? Don't you? <laughs> have you ever felt this Lester an emptiness you just can't fill crazy morning missing daddy it's a real problem look it up oh crazy mommy missing daddy. I was like, what? <laughs> it's a real problem look it up that's what I like to hear a spine what did one tampon say to the other Nothing, because they were stuck-up bitches. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for finally cleaning. Oh, wait a minute. You have to kill them now, Mom. I haven't done anything. Only exactly you haven't done anything. They call it static in the attic. It's a real thing. Look at you it. should look it up. That's all I got, those. But right. My score... Mm -hmm. Probably a 4.3. Mm, 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 mm. Out of 5. Evan did it. Out of 5. Yeah. yeah, you do out of 5. Yeah. Is that what we do now? That's all we, we always, do out of always, five. always done that. <laughs> nice. What's yours? Um, what was your score again? 4.3. Mm. 4.6. Mm, wow. Okay. And you know why? Why? You know why, Chris? Because I get bored with fucking movies anymore. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't get bored with movies. That's not a true statement. I, I love. I, I I watched like three movies today alone. Yeah. Um, I like movies more than I like TV. 
Holy fuck, the originality Dude, this and the is work so that creative. had it going. So like, creative. Okay, now look, I know the filming of it or the cinematography of it all. You know, it's going to creep people, some people yeah, out. Yeah, but guess gonna... what? Made me feel awesome. <laughs> I was all about it. I had a great time. Um, I again don't know who to to really say. Hey, watch this movie. Yeah. To but um, damn, watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, if you like I, our I show, know. I think you'll like this movie. If you like us, you'll probably like this movie. Yeah. If you hate us, you'll probably hate this movie. Yeah. yeah. I. It's just the best. It's just the way to say it. It's just <laughs> the way it goes. But yeah, it's it's a like like I said, the four point three. It's unnerving for some people, but I I so much appreciate the originality of this movie. This movie was very unnerving, but unlike movies like The Whale, uh, Requiem for a Dream, uh, movies like that, I will rewatch this. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Dude. I watched it twice. Sorry. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Blah blah blah. So, I'm gonna run to me as I come. Thank you. Uh, they don't have a actually. They have four. They have four. Four critic reviews, but no mm-hmm. consensus. So I can give. I'm gonna go through them real quick. There's three. Yeah. Po- three positive, one negative. I'm gonna go with negative one first. They get five. Okay, point, what's the negative? I want to hear the yeah, negative. They get a five point five out of ten. It says abruptly is abruptly is a singular film on almost every level, which makes it worth seeking out fans of weird movies that has some ideological issues and isn't quite good enough to trend its send its niche. Now here is a, that's from my Kyle Logan cultural virtual cultured vultures, but here is a five four out of five from Stephanie Malone at Morbidly Beautiful. With impressive creativity and craftsmanship, Abruptio is astonishing. A film full of puppets that probes the depths of humanity. It will draw many viewers in on the strength of its unique gimmick. But rest assured, it's far from a one trick pony. Yeah. Uh, I agree with it there. Uh, there's so much weird shit that goes on in this movie. Like, uh, it's not just, it's weird because it's this. It's weird because of that. It is like one of those movies that it just works. Yeah. And it works. Um, it works. Soon. It works. And, and it's weird and it's different. If you want to see something original, yeah, I can't say words today. Yeah, we had our day. We with you and I had yeah, our okay, day. Okay, but what's the name of the movie again? Abruptio. Abruptio. That's A B R U P T I O. Literally, look it up. All right. Now, again, this is not a normal episode. So now that you've heard two assholes from the Midwest tell you what they think about this movie, yeah. uh, let's now we're going to cut it over to our interview uh, with the one, the only, the creator of a movie that has got us both um, gassed and you know. Like just like in awe of the man <laughs> who worked eight years on this film. Yeah. Uh, here he is, the one, the only, Evan Marlowe. It's a show by Chris and Neil with all great movies. They are the real deal. We watch them all, so you don't have to. It's movies that don't suck. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, it's another episode of Movies That Don't Suck and Something to Do. My name is Chris. And, uh, my name is Neil. And I'm Chris. <laughs> How did I mess that I up for know, the dude. first time ever? 270 episodes, and I messed that up. And we're continuing our coverage of the Panic Fest Festival, uh, the Panic Fest going on in Kansas City. Now, if you did not get there in person at this point, guys, you can go to the website. You can go to Panic Fest. Uh, Panic filmfest.com and see all the virtual as we said they got plenty of little like it's a little arcade that you go into and a little 18 beat world amazing make sure to make your way over to panicfilmfest.com now today we are very very happy to have uh, a movie that i thought was one of the best movies so far i've seen at the uh from the that I've got sent over to my desk and cause again, I'm, I'm, I'm in Tulsa. So I use that virtual uh, set like most people do that are not in Kansas city, like my co-host Chris is, but um, we have Evan Marlowe who has been, 
man, I can't even, you know, I, I'm going to bring him on and I'm going to let him introduce his movie and stuff like that because I, it is just a great movie. Evan, thank you for coming to our show. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Now, the movie that you've literally been working on for, uh, I think, since uh, Obama was in office. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you please tell us the movie that you presented to the Panic Fest? Um, it was called Abruptio. And, uh, yeah, I wrote it in 2015. Um, and then we've just been trying ever since then to finish the movie. So <laughs> normally films don't take that long to make. But because of the complexity of this thing and all that, um, it's just taken so long. So, uh, what, what, so I, I saw it in film fest and I saw, uh, your Q and a, but, uh, what, what, uh, what was the impetus for the idea of Reptio? Um, I, I really can't remember that much why I came up with the idea of lifelike puppets. Um, <laughs> you just get this idea and then it just, you can't shake it and you keep telling yourself not to do it because it's, it's probably not workable it's just not an idea that's been done before and it's, it's probably for good reason um and every step of the, but then you get you dig the hole deeper and deeper as you make the movie it's like you can't stop halfway through you just have to keep barreling on and um and and it's it just it just so then basically the idea of having puppets you have to go somewhere with it thematically in the script you have to justify the use of puppets in the writing so that's that was the next challenge making making some kind of overriding statement with the movie that, you know, we're all puppets, like the poster says. So the puppets from the very beginning was your idea with this? Yeah, I, I think so. I think ever since the beginning, I wanted to do life-size realistic puppets for some reason. Now, is it because one night you maybe got drunk and watched, like, Garbage Pail Kids, the movie, <laughs> and, like, saw that, how that looked? No, I'm just kidding. The, the lifelike puppets of that. Or well, Dark, just, Dark Crystal I, would be a good reference. Yeah, I mean, I love Dark Crystal, but that even that's not really realistic. Like, this is no. this is more... And my influences aren't just horror. They're noir and things like that. So, But I, I just think, you know, we get so inundated with the same sorts of things all the time, mm -hmm. you know, and I... And I believe, you know, in all in all my favorites and all forms of art and people that just, you know, broke all the boundaries, whether it's Jackson Pollock you know, or, you know, whatever, the Beatles, everybody trying to move the need, you know, move in different directions in any way they can. And I just don't feel something like this had ever been attempted before. And um, and there was potential for it. So that's why I pursued it. Yeah. Some of these uh, puppets in there have a sort of uncanny, uncanny value sort of feel to them, like like they're just a little bit off. And you're like, uh, that's really unnerving. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's it's hard for me to see that because I live with these. I treated them like people. They weren't puppets to me, really. Yeah. Um, so, and I directed them like people. So it's when you know I can understand someone that's a total virgin to this world. You know, just opening up this movie and watching it can be finding it really unsettling. But it's it's a little hard for me to feel that now because sure. I've been with it for so many years. Yeah. Well, now, um. The the thing another thing I love about this too was the fact that you got so many great voice talents to come oh. into this movie to uh, work it. I mean, I know uh, Jordan Peele, a big one. Uh, Jay Marsden's uh, Christopher McDonald, uh, Sid, one of his last movies. Uh, you know, uh, good old Captain Spaulding. If, if the people at home that have something recent, and also even Mr. Robert England. Now, how did you get this great cast of people to to do this for you over our time? Well, I really think it was the puppets that really sold it. I'm, you know, if we're, maybe we're doing a cartoon or something like that, it couldn't have been done. But um, even James Marsters, who admitted that, you know, the script was a little too unsettling and he was really hesitant to do the movie. <laughs> um, but then he kind of envisioned it with life-size realistic puppets and he and he couldn't really resist it. So, and I think Robert England felt the same way. It was just something, um, it was sort of an experiment. Everyone kind of agreed. This is like a weird thing. Can we pull it off? Can we get the audience to feel something, um, you know, by using these puppets? Uh, so I think everyone was kind of intrigued by that idea. Were there movies that you, to, like, that you said there's nothing else out there like this, but were there movies you looked at too for inspiration in this? I know it's it's kind of a hard question because, like you said, this is something that's never been done. To, but, like, what were you thinking when you wrote this movie? <clears throat> well, I mean, strictly technically from the puppet standpoint, there was nothing really. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't. We didn't have anything to study. Um, from that standpoint, we just had to make it up. Fortunately, I surrounded myself with a really good fabricator and a really good puppeteer, so they kind of helped me. But you still, as a director, have to 
explain everything and give everybody direction and make sure it all becomes a cohesive film at the end of the day. So, so I just had to, you know, fortunately we had years to do this. And so if I came in, you know, was, found myself hitting my head against the wall, I could still problem solve over the course of months to, to figure out a scene and lock. However, I would, you know, if there was something like, you know, getting a, getting a puppet to drive or getting a puppet to smoke um, in the middle of COVID. Um, <laughs> we had to find some way of doing it um, either, you know, in camera or with some kind of trickery. Um, and so I managed to do it, but um, there was nothing really, there was no book I could read to help me with that. No, I mean like um, it's like um, I want to compare it to like waking life or scanner darkly, you know, where it's something that's so original. You haven't seen that kind of art before on screen. So it's so impelling that, I mean, I couldn't keep my eyes off the screen. I was like sitting here just like, I, I usually write notes on everything every time I watch a movie because I review movies for a living and I, you know, live in a state where smoking is legal. Uh, so therefore um, I forget things. I noticed that. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, and, at least in Kansas City. I'm from California, so really nobody smokes, but I know uh, people were big fans of it in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but like, uh, there were just some imagery uh, that was like, I don't really want to spoil the film for some people, yeah. but um, can we say octopus babies? And, yeah. Like, that not ruin something? But yeah, like, right. the, I mean, like, some of the visuals, it only like, there's things I got hints of, like, from looking at certain visuals, like the octopus babies almost remind me of, like, the Hydra symbol from, like, uh, the comic book series. Or, like, there was parts that you did uh, with Les, the main character. Um, I really, I really it, fell for Les, by the way, the whole time. Oh, my gosh. I really fell Les for was, like, my boy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> me, me and Les would be hanging out right now if me and Les yeah. Um. So, I mean, just the impiling of the writing itself, um, besides the life-size puppets, and the life-size puppets are awesome and all that stuff, but the story itself, um, even coming the name, which is like a medical term from what the, uh, I looked it up, it's like the placenta detaching from the uterus. So is this about the story of Les moving on in manhood away from <laughs> being at mom and dad's, like like teaching millennials how to move on from <laughs> from mom and dad's house or what, what was the aspect behind the the, the, the story um well, i think that's exactly right i think um i mean it's pretty clear you know he sits, stays at home uh getting you know <laughs> nagged by his mom and, and not really getting much support he's obviously leeching off them um but he's let his let his life go to you know down the, the tubes and doesn't have anything to show for it after 35 years so there has to be something motivating him to, you know, cut the cord and move on and become an actual man and move on with his life, you know, um, sort of a man child, I guess. But, uh, I think that is that as, I mean, I guess, suppose that's why I picked that title. Um, nobody's talked about it in any of the reviews except for you now. So oh, you're the only nice. person that's, yes. <laughs> out. Uh, but I mean, if you notice, cool, I read, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just spend a few seconds. I mean, you know, it sounds like a good title, but it actually is meaningful. I don't, I don't really like titles that that sound cool and have no meaning to the movie, but um, I think I think that's generally the the idea here is that we're trying to, and so you know we're illustrating over the course of ninety four minutes, you know the way this guy finally cuts the cord and moves on. So when it comes to working with puppets, what was the biggest challenge like manipulating them? Was there a scene that we were like you just had such a hard time figuring out how to do with these puppets? Um, well. You know, um, generally, it, since I had a good puppeteer, it's mm -hmm. it's hard to say because initially we were just kind of goofing around and trying to figure out, and you know, getting the eye line right, having the puppet look consistently in the same location off camera was a challenge. Um, getting them not, you know, if you we, eventually I created a sort of a, a mild skeleton that I could put the head on. Nice. It was a PVC, PVC framework so that the head was really static. Otherwise, prior to that, the head, you know, it's just the puppeteer's arm holding the, the, the head up. So in every shot, the head would be a different height. Sometimes it would be right in the center, sometimes it would be at the bottom. And, you know, you, you can't work with that. So, um, and then uh, there was one puppeteer that's just uh, with the mom character. It was so heavy because it was fabricated for the upper chest, the breast oh, yeah. and all that. Oh, yeah. 
that was one of our first ones. And so we're trying to figure out how much we needed to fabricate or not. And he was just trying to hold this thing up and his arm was getting, you know, going dead between every, it just took us all day <laughs> to get that shot, the, that scene done. Cause it was so heavy. Um, so eventually we figured out it was a, there was no reason to fabricate the entire, um, the, the entire, uh, body, you know, upper body that wasn't necessary. I could just get a filler for the top, you know, just a plate that was lightweight and put it around a PVC frame and just build the head and the neck. Um, so once we did that, it freed up the puppeteer. They could, they didn't have to spend all their energy supporting up the, the body. They could just work on the performance. Right now, uh, there, there's like very many, uh, images that I saw like, uh, searching. Cause literally I, I, Again, this is my dungeon. This is where I live for doing this. Um, or I even saw um, the character that was done by Jordan Peele, or that you're on a couch and the guy was like, that just like, how many hours did you guys like do filming like per day so you wouldn't get so fatigued from it? <laughs> well, you know, the problem in this budget range is um, you get one day or sometimes two days to film something. And, um, and you get whatever lights you can bring in. And it's really, you know, there isn't essentially no crew. It's me and my wife who does, you know, the production design and all that stuff. And I do the directing. And if there was sound, I would do that. And um, lighting. Uh, we have one guy that helps out, our friend of ours, Dickie. So he was kind of my right-hand man, sort of a, an assistant. Um, but aside for that, for 95% of the film, it was just the, the two or three of us. So, you know, you just have to get in, get out, um, and if you don't get the shot, it's too bad because you can't come back another day. So it really didn't matter how much pain you were in. <laughs> yeah. or uncomfortable. You just, unfortunately, thank God we had this amazing puppeteer, Danny, that would just do whatever we told him to do and just not complain about it and just deliver these amazing nuanced performances. He did almost every puppet, every performance in this movie, and it was incredible. Uh, he just understood the parts and came in and did what he was supposed to do. And it just, it just blew our mind. So we didn't really, we did multiple takes mainly because the lip syncing had to be as close as possible. Right. So in addition right. to everything else, I wanted to make sure that, you know, the performance had to be good, but the lip syncing had to be good too. And sometimes in post I could go and tweak it a little bit, but I didn't want to do too much of that. Yeah. So that's the only main reason why we had to keep reshooting takes, take after take is um, to make sure I tried to get the lip sync close because we did the audio first and then I played it back on loop um, and he would lip sync to it. Um, so that was one of the biggest challenges. And, and I think for the reason why um, the, the shoots would go on a little longer than they needed to. Um, but if we had a big crew and it wasn't for all those technical issues, I'm sure we could have spent more time and, and gotten a lot more interesting things, but this just wasn't possible. So uh, going, going through this, did you, did you, did you, did you some things you had to take away from the script? Cause there's no way to actually do like, no, because we managed what I wanted to do. We managed to do. We just we just figured out ways to do it. But it got to the point where you're seven years into it, and you're like, let's just be done with this movie. <laughs> there was another character named Chester, and there was a bunch of other scenes. And I said, you know what? It's just going to set us back another year. We're going to have to spend more money. And the movie works as is. There's just yeah. ways we can do it. So let's try to consolidate different scenes here and there. Get rid of the character. Work other things. We had all the dialogue. It all worked fine. Um, so basically we just lopped off a bunch of like 10 pages of the script, but another character and just kind of like made it work with what we had just because we're tired of spending so many years working on it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, uh, just moving on a little bit here. Um, now again, uh, I said to you earlier, I have literally watched your entire, like every short I could find of yours. I watched mm -hmm. in the last 48 hours yeah. and I noticed there was kind of a consistency and parodies like are, are you a huge parody fan or you know what? um <clears throat> there's a thing called the tosters that was organized by brits in la um and every year after around the oscars time they would announce the you know the, the best film nominees and the tosters would meet um it was you know a festive thing mm -hmm. and these are like mostly amateurs mostly actors at that these are better entertainment uh, big uh, entertainment crew they're mostly actors and some technical people and we would make parodies of the films. And um, I, they were just generally not, you know, not the best quality, just to have fun. But oh, I, I, Yeah, I got that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but they made me laugh so hard, especially like Boywood and yeah. uh, uh, Waxhaw Fridge. Yeah. <laughs> that one is insane. yeah. Well, if anyone wants to see some other stuff, 
I do is uh, Breasts of the Southwest Wild. I think there's a poster. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I see Boywood. I see Boywood. Boy yeah, Breasts of the Southland Wild, um, which is a, a, a satire of Beasts of the Southern Wild. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's one of my favorite ones. Now, when I came into it, I just thought, I'm going to try to make this, you know, in feeling and technically as close to the original as possible. So I think it looked pretty good. Um, the thing is, though, you know, 90% of the best films no one's ever seen. Right. So, you know, you make this incredible parody, and most of the audience is sitting there silent because they don't understand the humor. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't understand how it's a parody. So you kind of have to throw poopy around. Yeah, so like they don't understand the scene. They, don't, they didn't see boyhood. So just yeah, throw so poop they, at the picture, and that, that'll make them laugh. I think there was uh, one scene where a lady was, uh, I think, yeah, it was the Breast of Southland, uh, where she was writing in her journal with a piece of dried out poop. (laughs) I was just like, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I know the movie, it's parody. (laughs) Why? Uh, yeah, those are hilarious, though. I'm not gonna lie. So, um, were, you able, are, were you able to keep any of the puppets, or like, are they in your house somewhere? Like, like, like. Yeah. Oh wow, wow. Yeah. Now they're in storage, but we had you know pretty much everything in our house, and we couldn't move around. We have boxes of stuff. We have limbs and lots of fake blood, and all the contraptions we used. We just had to pile it up in the garage, which you know people walking by our garage would see all these, uh, you know, torsos and things like that. So <laughs> it was. Uh, so our neighbors have a certain. Um, understanding of who we are not necessarily what we do and and so yeah it was and then we raised uh two kids at the time so you know they're they're pretty much used to all this now too oh my um so have you guys come up now because let's be honest some of your work is you know a little out there for some people now is there any idea that you have come up with that you've like pretty much you've thrown out there and everybody's just been like that's too far. That's, yeah, that, that's way beyond what you need to go with. Um, yeah, I mean, as far obviously not poopy. We can do anything. With <laughs> yeah, you can do anything with poop. <laughs> anything is acceptable and tasteful. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, in, in abruptio, my wife is usually the one that pulls me back because she's even though she's British and British have you know that kind of sense of humor. Mm-hmm. They I mean really all sorts of things are funny to them that Americans don't find funny. Um, she, she pulled like in that scene with the family, um, she would, she didn't want me to go as far as I had originally intended with the violence, which was pretty far. Um, <laughs> and she said, no, as long as you don't do this, we're fine. <laughs> so yeah, she, uh, my wife is usually the one, the one that pulls me back. Um, and you know, uh, I also, actually, that actually sounds like me and Chris here because both of us have uh, wonderful uh, wives oh, that yeah. literally have to, especially me, because I, I get a little boisterous mm-hmm. in my younger years. Mm-hmm. I was a little, I was bad. <laughs> so my, there's many times my wife had to do the same thing where she had to be like, maybe this, not that so much. And I'd be like, okay. Well, you know, it's 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 uh, something when you're deep in something, you probably don't recognize it, but a lot of times if you don't show something it works better and you know with jaws and uh you know most recently like with yeah. nope with the, the monkey scene and nope i mean it's all off camera off screen i mean it just works better and and first you want to just you know rub the audience's face in it but it doesn't always work out better that way so having some restraint is oftentimes the way to go and it saves a lot of money. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm looking at some of the scenes in this where, you know, I'm not going to give anything away. Puppets heads explode. Was it hard for you to take that thing that takes so long to build and tear it apart? Well, the thing is with that um, scene, it was done with two puppets. So I had one that was, uh, you know, had a, a, a intact yeah. and another one that had some of its head missing with, um, with tubing inside. Yeah. yeah. And I just uh, cut mid sentence and replaced the head and yeah. and and resume the shot. So that's how I did that. So in case I needed to, I could uh, redo it. Um, and so again, that was one of those examples where I had this idea in my head. I wanted it to, to what I wanted to happen on screen, but I had no idea how I was going to go about doing it until I just realized you just had to to make two heads. And then a lot of the stuff for the decapitation is just uh, CGI, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, you can't. The problem is you got somebody's hand in the head, and if you take <laughs> the head off, you see a hand, yeah. and you can't blow off the hand. So um, you just have to find way workarounds for those sorts of things. Oh man! Uh, now, oh, 
I lost my page. One second. <laughs> ah. There, there's other screens right here with a bunch of questions that I've prepared. Oh, all right. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's how we keep the conversation going. Chris has the other page. That's yeah. why we know so, where to go. So, go well, going back a little bit to the to the um, short films you had, did you think you'd ever go back and like and make full features like for the box or or trippy? Like, was this something you want to do? No. Yeah. For- the box is no. one of my favorites that you did. By yeah, the way. I like the I, box. Did you write that one or did you? Um, did I, um, yeah, I think that was one of those 48-hour challenges, I think. And it had to have, like, the title that said the box, and they had to use, like, something, like an umbrella opens or something like that. You know, have you ever done those before, heard of them, the 48-hour yeah, challenges? I've heard of those. Yeah, I've heard yeah, of Yeah, they'll before. give you, like, a title, an action, and then, I don't know, whatever thing else, and you have 48 hours to come up with a movie. I think that's what that was. Um, and fortunately I know a bunch of actor friends and Dickie also, you know, happened to have a, a, like a steady cam rig that weekend. He was borrowing, I think. Um, so everything just kind of fell into place by the time I was, you know, I'll go through phases. Like at that time I was watching a lot of Bergman. So I was trying to work Bergman. Into it. You know, it just depends whatever mood I'm in at the time. And I guess it shows, um, yeah, that actually turned out to be one of my favorite ones. Um, that, and another one that got a lot of, um, publicity was smash rue that was part of yeah, the 50, 50 kids. Yeah. yeah thanks that was um uh chris jones in, in england had a um a 50 kisses uh competition where you uh you would put 50 films together that each occur on valentine's day with a kiss in them um and you know so he put the, the winning 50 together and made a compilation I, I don't know if you can find it online i think it's somewhere yeah, it's a great uh, a, a lot of your collection is actually available on Vimeo. Uh, uh, Vimeo. Yeah. Uh, that's why I watch most of your, like I literally, if you put in your name, you literally all your yeah. shorts pretty much pop up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this so is smash. You turned out all right. And I won um, the best picture of the thing. So, um, and that's my wife doing the acting. She did a great job. Oh, nice. mm-hmm. But at that time I was into um, uh, the, the butterfly and the diving bell. So I kind of mm-hmm. pulled that influence into that movie um it just depends what i'm going through you know what i'm watching or into at that time i'll just kind of bring that influence into the movie so um what was your uh, so this, this is your first panic fest right like in when coming or, or what's when that you, were you, this was your, it your first panic fest yeah thank you oh yeah yeah first first panic fest yeah uh, how did you like it Oh, it was great. Everybody's really welcoming. Um, you know, coming from LA or Southern California mm-hmm. where people aren't always that um, open and welcoming. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're talkative and they, you know, they'll tell you a lot about themselves, but the, um, I, there was an authenticity to the people that I met at Kansas City that generally seemed like friendly, warm people. Um, they're all very enthusiastic about uh, horror yeah. Uh, and just things that were out there, you yeah. know, crazy things. And um, and I appreciate that. And same for right now, we're going in um, Fanaspoa in Brazil. And it was the kind of same sort of vibe where they just like weird films and horror <laughs> films, you know, not just things that push the envelope. Mm. Um, and I like that about, you know, people. But and it's especially hard in Kansas City. I mean, you're in Missouri. So it's it's nice to see that pocket of people because I don't think that's the consensus for Missouri is that sort of person. Yeah, no, no. Um, no, it's yeah. nice to see. Yeah, it's that kind of person thriving there. What I like to say, uh, basically, in the Kansas City area, because I moved there from uh, Chicago originally. Originally, I'm from Chicago area, and then I just moved away about a year or two ago. To I, I work in radio down in Tulsa, Oklahoma now. So, mm. um, but uh, the reason, I, the thing I say about that area is like everybody's like a sponge. They just want to like absorb everything. They don't want to tell you as much of themselves, but they mm. want to know everything they can about you. And I, I really love that personality on people because it made me become more of that personality. Because <laughs> you know, I was from Chicago. I was the same way as most people from LA, where it's like, oh, me, 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 me. Let me tell you about me, 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 yeah. me. I did this. I did that. And now I, I love just sitting back and hearing stories from people more. And I think it is from living that area for mm. more than a decade. So. Yeah, I can see that. Um, everybody in LA, you know, they have their card ready to go. Everyone's an actor. They're their demo. <laughs> you know, it's all about them, their product, their brand, or whatever it is. So, everyone, I'm, I'm going to ask an impossible question. Do you have a favorite movie? That is impossible. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'll tell you though. Growing up, there's some movies that I just saw over and over. Yeah. Um, and those shaped me the most when I was really young. And those were like, um, it's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Clockwork Orange, yeah, uh, the, the Graduate, um, and then eventually Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, uh, sure. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, there's just I'm some from Indiana. Out. I'm from Indiana, man. We literally there have the go. Indiana Jones theme song memorized <laughs> in all our heads. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I knew that the new whole one. soundtrack. I could yeah. sing the whole soundtrack from beginning to end. Um, but you know, there's just some movies. I don't know if those show in my films per se, but they just sort of motivated me to love film mm -hmm. and and to want to make films. Now, but at this point, right now I can't say there is a a particular film that I I would. This is my favorite film. Yeah. I know. I, I tell him not to stop asking that. Question. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no I think I think just nobody has an answer for that, Chris. No, I don't answer. even have an answer for that. And I, I mean, yeah. I got two different movies tattooed on my arms. You know, apparently it was that one movie that that did you, you see they did that was sight and sound survey this year that got everybody so riled up about um what was the name of that movie? I don't even remember the name of the movie. I watched it. It was the one we see the housewife um, go through her day and, and it's like three hours, just long static shots of this woman uh, going through her day, gradually losing control of, of herself, but it's very subtle. Um, and, and this, this was that this year's panic fest. No, no, this is a no, sound, no, no. This is a sound, sound, sound poll. Yeah. Yeah. If you look it up, you'll see the number one film that they voted was the best film ever made. It, um, and no one's ever heard of it. Um, <laughs> Nice. But, I'm definitely st I'm stalking this as soon as I get done. I would watch it. You have to live. With, I mean, it's not it's not an entertaining movie. You have to sit there and live with that character for three hours and see her very subtly, you know, uh, lose control. Uh, she's someone that obviously worked very hard to maintain maintain control after her husband died, um, and she you just see her slowly starting to lose control over the course of a few hours. Um, it's a fascinating movie, but I got a lot of people angry because they just don't understand why it would be called the best film ever made. <laughs> I think I actually seen that. I'll have to look it up. But that sounds very familiar to me in the past. Um, now, Evan, for you, what's coming up in the future for you? What what, yeah. do you, what projects you got working on? Because to be honest, now that I've seen your entire, you know, pretty much film history <laughs> in the last yeah, few we're days, really I'm forward. actually excited. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, especially after something, and I'm, I'm not going to say crazy, but as uh, creative. Let's go. Yeah. It's very as creative uh, as the movie you just did. Like, I can't wait to see what you got next what 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 are you building in that brain of yours uh well you know while all this has been going on um we've been i've been coming up with ideas and stories and you know i do a half-hearted attempt at pitching scripts every so often but you know i don't have any connections and so it's really hard to get your foot in the door so instead i just adapted my ideas into you know story format the short stories and novels and i published those under e Stuart marlowe and so those are all on amazon just so you know, it's just cheaper to self-publish an Amazon mm -hmm. book and get a film produced. But um, someone can come to me and go, what else you got? And I can say, well, I've got these other stories. For example, as a serial killer killing off um, your favorite fairy tale characters. Um, yeah, so I, I, love I it. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I got all these books that I've written, and it wouldn't be much for me to adapt these into a TV show or film. Um, but nothing right now is actively going on. I'm just kind of recuperating from this movie. But I have ideas ready. So nice. uh, when can we, people be able to see Abruptio? What's the plans for Wirely so people can see this one? For distribution. Yeah, yeah we have festivals lined up and uh, potentially happening through uh, October, November, maybe even December. I, can't, I get... Requests. I got one today from um, festivals around the world asking to show the movie. Um, so I and I feel like that's like the point of making a movie is mm -hmm. to have it seen. You know, to go to these festivals when you can and hear the audience. Um, so you know, I'd like to see that out and then um, go out to distributors and see. You know, who would have the widest distribution at that point? Um, so we're really in no hurry. We just kind of want to build up our fan base and the buzz about the movie first. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing it with us. It was incredible. Thank yeah, you. Um, one thing I do got to add, though, was like uh, what you just said about the serial killer killing uh, fairy tales, um, uh, fairy uh, characters or storybook characters. You know, this January, a lot of those are the, the copyrights are coming <laughs> up. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> if you, if you want to throw, throw it out there and film it. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do um, a lot of uh, filmmakers that are coming up 
a lot of our friends, people that we know do listen to our show. Do you have any advice for up and coming filmmakers? Like what's the best piece of advice that you can give to someone trying to start their way in filming? Um, well, I mean, obviously film as much as you can. There's no, no point in studying and not actually going out and doing stuff. So you should try at least now it's so easy to do it. You just get a cheap camera or even a phone, um, which is not necessarily so cheap, but um, you can still get a pretty good images and just create movies. Um, you should watch as many films as possible. Uh, it's, it's impossible to get a hold of some really great films, which is unfortunate. Uh, I find that the Netflix DVD um, service, you can get a, a much bigger selection of obscure movies and they also on the dvds have commentary and you can learn a lot from that yeah. i would re i would read critics like uh roger debert and pauline kale um to un not necessarily agree with what they're saying but to understand how they deconstruct movies and what works and doesn't work um because a lot of filmmakers become enamored with their idea and they lose sight of it but these critics who are you know the ones that are good and understand film and film history can go in and, under and explain why something works or doesn't work um and how maybe something is derivative or has been done before um and then lastly i would just say you know you got to live life you can't just live in a bubble and expect to make captivating movies you have to get different people's perspectives travel if you can um, you know, and just explore all sorts of things in life, uh, different cultures and foods, sculpture, architecture, just absorb everything everywhere you go and then try to work that in eventually into your own work. That's a fantastic answer. Yeah, that's, 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 that's one, one of the, the best, best answers we've got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, like. Um, now, Chris, are there any more questions that you uh, that you want to go through real quick? Man, I just want to go back and watch your to you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have to. I mean, there's, you just get so smacked in the head the first time through that you probably miss a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, there, there are. I've watched it twice now. And um, all right, yeah. There if are, you look closely, there's tons of things going on. Um, references to different things, movies from the '70s, mythologies. Yeah, yeah. Like yes, I, yeah. I, I noticed this. Like, I was actually. Oh, I can't remember what part it was, but I was watching it because I was watching it here in my lab. My wife's office is right down the the hallway in her house. And she was going past the door, and I, was, I rewound this part, and I was like, look at this. This looks exactly like – and I, I can't remember what the reference was because literally, I'm not going to lie, I've watched like five movies and plus yeah. all your work in like the last two days. That's uh, but but there's a scene where I was like, doesn't this look just like – and then she's like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. I got that too. Was, we came home, and she was like, she was like what are you watching? I'm like, watching Abruptio. We're talking to Evan Marlowe, the director, tomorrow. She's like, okay. <laughs> but but uh but uh, i guess i did ask uh, when that as it's being made uh jordan peele went from being just like a sort of skit actor to a uh, academy award-winning screenwriter yeah. what was that like for you like seeing that happen well i mean he was just you know a guy that made really great comedy skits and then we didn't realize when he came into the audio booth he had this movie in his back pocket that was about to you know, create the, you know, whatever this elevated horror or whatever they want to call it. Yeah. Now. Uh, the Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, what? Maybe what? What? Yeah. Shorts? Get out. Yeah, no. So, um, I, I don't, I don't know if it helps our little movie, but, um, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting turn of events to have him associated with. He he majored in puppeting, puppeteering or puppet, puppetry uh, in college, so that was his uh, interest in the film too. Oh. Um, he just he's like everyone else wanted to see a movie with puppets in it. I guess I, uh, I, I think he was gonna. I have one more question. I think uh, no, I think I do have another question. <laughs> so um, when it comes to designing the characters, how did you like? Unless you know, it looks like a real person that you see every single day. Like, how did you? What was the what was designing these characters like? How did you come up, go about doing that? Oh, oh, here, real, real quick, Evan. I think I have the answer for you. He met your brother Matt, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we, you know, I had um, my wife's uh, cousin Janine in England um, helped. I gave her some ideas today. Hey, I want somebody looks like. It. So she draw something out um, for some of the characters. Some of them I went online and found references. Um, like uh, for Robert England's character, our fabricator, I said, you know, I, I think we should kind of do it like that guy with the, you know, the Nazi with the glasses from Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I said, let's give him all. He said, oh, I understand yeah. that. Yeah, he said, I understand that completely. A little slightly upturned nose, the little glasses, <laughs> I get it. 
So stuff like that, I would just find references. And then our fabricator just went to town and made these crazy puppets. So, you know, um, and it just turned out great. I mean, and, and, it's, and I also played him some of the audio so he understood the, the voice. So I think that helped too because yeah. he kind of designed with the voice in mind. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You there now? I don't know. I think we kind of went through like literally all of this. I mean, it only took us three days to write them all, and I think we did it in like 25 <laughs> yeah. minutes. That's kind of impressive for us. <laughs> like we knocked them all out of the park. Oh, man. Um, well, uh, I, mean, I, I'm, I'm, no, I got a question, though. Okay, sure. I, I'm kind of interested in this part of it. Now, um, I, I'm a sound guy. I, I work in radio. I've done sound overs. I've, I've been the guy that, you know, literally it's like, you buy the whole seat, but you only need the edge. You know, like I literally <laughs> do that stuff constantly. Uh, when you recorded the, the actor voices, like all this like slew of people, did you just have them record from their own spaces and then send mm -hmm. you over the information, or do you have your own studio and stuff? Like no, that? no. You, uh, you know, we were in. In, um, in SoCal, there's a lot of, you know, like... Uh, oh, that's studio. true. That's true. Yes, Studio Studio. Um, so the first one was, the first place we went to was was a big open room, so it was too much echo or reverb. So it had a too big a sound to it. Um, so eventually we moved to a different studio, which was a proper studio, which was, you know, insulated. Um, and we did most of it there. Uh, we just had the actor come in, and, and uh, that way it was just easier for me to direct them. Um, there was one friend of ours that did something from home. That was the nurse. Uh, but aside from that, everybody came into the studio with us. And this was all, this was all, I think, pre-COVID. So it was not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why, that's why the question in my head came up. Because I know that you guys did stuff and then COVID happened. Yeah. And that's when you guys got back to production. I didn't know if it was the sound recording itself or the actual puppet. No, I think we all had almost all of the sound in the can prior to COVID. Okay. And then, of course, of course, we had to build the whole world afterwards. There was no, there was no audio done on set, so we had to have our, you know, right. all the fully done and everything else yeah. uh, in post. You know, they had to lip sync it like uh, Ashley Simpson at Saturday Night Live. Like, you <laughs> remember that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the Dark Crystal uh, when they did the TV series, I watched the behind the scenes, and um, those performers recorded their audio, and then the actors would come in afterwards and lip sync to yeah. the characters so we did the opposite because i didn't want to bind the the arms of our whatever the, of our actors or our, our voice actors so i had them do their parts first and then our, our puppet and then i did like a you know a beep track and then so he would know when the track was starting right uh, and then he would begin uh to lip sync to them that's amazing yeah. and this is just an awesome movie yeah. uh I, I can't uh we can't Thank you enough for stopping by and giving us your time for oh, uh, doing the interview. But uh, Evan, I, I'm not going to lie. I highly appreciate yeah, this. We love uh, this. I, I love seeing anybody that's new and creative in uh, just movies that has something that, that that is brand new. Cause like, you know, I'm a movie guy. I, I was the manager. I was the general manager of a blockbuster in 99, <laughs> you know, like I was, I lived above a one screen movie theater. Like when I was, a, uh, you know, my first apartment was above a one screen movie theater and a video store. So mm -hmm. I've seen like so many movies yeah. to the point where I'm like, you can even ask Chris here. Like if I see a movie, I can usually tell you what the ending of the movie is before the first 10 minutes is done. I can tell you the entire movie because I can just pick up on all that. But there's no shadowing. There's there nothing like that. no way to do that with your movie. No, thank your you. Movie, like, you know, how, how all of a sudden I'm going to see, uh, you know, octopus aliens yeah. bursting out of shells and people yeah. blowing up and like, yeah. you know, and not know exactly how the whole atmosphere of it. So thank you for someone like me, something original <laughs> thank and great. You. Yeah, very and creative. It just makes me feel thank awesome. You. Thank you so much for having me too. It was lots of fun. All right. Well, thank you very much. And you have a good day. You go with Ed. We got to do all the editing and get this. All right. Good. <laughs> that was fun. Appreciate all right, it, Evan. Take care. Bye-bye. See ya. That's another episode of Movies Don't Suck and Some Do. My name's Neil. And I'm Chris. And guys, don't remember, next time someone sticks a hand up your ass, they're not a puppet master. They're just trying to make a good movie. Have a good day.